Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Win dixie Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zaslo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE, 
That's 800-747-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. All right, welcome. Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Wednesday, the 1st of March. Good to have you aboard. We are presented, as always, by Anna Jar and Levine. Accident attorneys, if you have an accident, if you're dealing with an injury, make sure you get an attorney on the phone immediately. That's what happens when you call 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Everything Zaslow Show 2.0 is presented by our title sponsor, Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. I trust them with any kind of injury, so make sure you listen 
to your boy. I send you over to them, and they're going to help get you taken care of. 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. We are a Blue Wire podcast. Everybody knows that on the Blue Wire podcast network. We have Zaslow Show 2.0. So however you're listening to us, be it on Apple or iHeart or Amazon or Google, I love it. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that good stuff. I am very fired up. We got a fun show today, even though it is a Wednesday. We got a fun show. Got a couple fun things I got to announce today. First of all, we'll tell you what we got, what we have going on on the program today. Number one, I am very intrigued. CZ, I'm very intrigued. I am very intrigued with what's going on with Major League Baseball right now. The clock, the new rules. Yesterday, yesterday. You had a Major League Baseball spring training game where the game was over. I think it was Pirates, Astros, Pirates, and someone. The game was over after the top of the ninth because the home team was winning. Well, both teams wanted to continue playing. The umpires said, peace, we're out of here. We're not contra- Game's over. Can't blame the umps. The umpires left. The game continued. They played the bottom of the ninth inning. Now, why did they do that? Well, because you got younger guys who want to get in some work. Why not? Hey, we're all here. Let's play. You go and play another half inning. You go and play another half inning. Let's play another half inning. So they, and it was broadcast too. The broadcasters were calling balls and strikes. So they were playing like based on the honor code. They played the bottom of the ninth inning without umpires. I love it. I think Major League Baseball, because of this pitch clock and, and some of the other new rules, they got a little bit of momentum going for them right now. The first day of March. I'm very intrigued. I got questions. There are things I still don't know or understand. So our pal, San Diego Padres, play-by-play man, former, he's a Miami Hurricane, Jesse Agler, old school Miami radio guy. Jesse Agler is going to be on Zaslow's show 2.0 today. Let's go over what's going on. What are some of these changes with Major League Baseball? Like I said, I think there's a growing momentum going on there. So we'll talk about that. Good buzz. Good buzz around Major League Baseball right now. When's the last time somebody said that? Also, we're coming off of a really, really great win for the Panthers last night. 4-1. to Panthers took that ass last night in Tampa over the Lightning. So now four games this year against the Lightning. The Panthers have accrued points in three of them. They've won two of them. A monster win last night. You had goals from Eric Stahl, you had uh, Anton Lundell scored the third goal of the game. I think, oh no, Forsling had his goal taken away. Lois Serenin had the third goal. And then the empty net goal to ice it with just seconds remaining. His first goal of the year in just his second game. Anthony Duclair. So the Panthers win 4-1. Huge, huge win last night for your favorite little hockey team. Our friend Jessica Blaylock, fresh off of last night's game. She will join us, <coughs> excuse me, on the show Today, so before we get to Jessica, we're gonna bring her on in a few minutes. Got a couple things we got to go over. The Heat, the Heat host Philadelphia tonight, starting a six-game homestand. Philadelphia, New York, two against Cleveland, two against Atlanta. That's right. This is a very difficult homestand. You're playing Philadelphia back-to-back games, be it road and home. You're playing Atlanta back-to-back. You're playing Cleveland back-to-back. You're gonna mix in the Knicks there this Friday night. This is a very tough homestand. We go learn what this Heat team's about. You know? We go learn. You're not quite sure. Jimmy Butler saying, hey, I'm tired of losing. You don't know what that means? Go learn. This homestand. Go find out. 
So it begins tonight. Very difficult homestand. I'm excited about this game. I'm feeling like, hey, time is now. So tonight in the Heat's house, Miami Dade Arena. That's what we're calling it this week. Yes, Miami Dade Arena. (coughs) The start of a five-game homestand this evening. And that leads us to today's very controversial poll question. Go to at Zaslow Show. You could vote right now. Very controversial. Uh, the, 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 the social media internet's talking about it right now. Now, by the time you're listening to this show and you're going to vote, I don't know what else has been said, but right now, super controversial. Go to at Zaslow Show on Twitter and vote in today's Zaslow Show 2.0 poll. At Zaslow Show, Zaslow Show 2.0 poll. Hypothetically, the Bulls, they released Goran Dragic yesterday. Who would you rather have right now? And your answers are Goran Dragic, Kyle Lowry. Those are your choices. So who would you rather have right now? Is Kyle Lowry going to return tonight? I don't know. Goran Dragic, the Heat don't have a spot for him unless some, they get creative somehow. Uh, you know, that's why it's hypothetically speaking. And you look back at it now. Guys have traded for each other. You know, Goron has played for two teams since. Toronto traded him. Chicago released him. Kyle Lowry is persona non grata. It has clearly not worked out. So, both guys kind of in a state of flux, if you will. But we love Goran Dragic. And it's quite possible his number seven, not the seven that Kyle Lowry wears, the number seven Goron wore, We'll be hanging from the rafters one day. Quite possible. Who would you rather have right now? Goran Dragic or Kyle Lowry? And right now, with 87% of the vote, you Zaslow Show 2.0 listeners want Goran Dragic. That's right. 87% of the vote. Goran Dragic. All right, so keep voting. It's very controversial, all right? So we'll see how that ends up. Maybe we'll give it another update later on in the program. I don't know. I can't tell the future. But tonight, Heat and Sixers. And you know what I'm looking forward to tonight? Low-key. I'm low-key looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to a nice ovation for P.J. Tucker tonight. Love P.J. Like, P.J. Tucker to me is one of the all-time great one-year Miami Heat guys. There's a short list of those. One-year Miami Heat guys who you love. I have a short list. And for me, P.J. Tucker is number two on it. I have a top three all-time Miami Heat one-year guys list. That's right. That's right. And the, P.J. Tucker comes in at number two on that list. Number three, top three. Number three, Rex Chapman. Rex Chapman, of course, it was the anniversary a few weeks ago, or maybe last week. Well, Rex Chapman, back in 1996, 38 points. The Heat only had eight players in uniform, and they were one of the 10 losses pinned on the 72-win Chicago Bulls in 1996. Led that night by Rex Chapman. Played for the Heat for just one year. Got himself a nice contract from Phoenix after that. Rex Chapman, for me, number three all-time one-year Miami Heat guys. Number two, P.J. Tucker. Now, I made a big deal out of it the first half of the season. Don't give me P.J. Tucker. They miss P.J. Tucker this. That's why the Heat are struggling. I don't think that's why the Heat are struggling. But I do think the Heat miss P.J. Tucker. I, I, I think they miss him a lot. 
I think we... Now, look, you got Kevin Love there, but Love doesn't defend the way P.J. Tucker does. Not even close. P.J. was just so good defensively. He could switch on everybody. For his size, he was so strong. Great rebounder. Really helped Bam in that department. Shot over 40% from three, even if he was much better in the first half of the season than the second half of the season. And certainly, he was hurt in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Love P.J. Tucker. Number two for me, all-time one-year heat, guys. So number three is Rex Chapman. Number two, P.J. Tucker. Number one, my all-time favorite one-year Miami Heat guy, 2004 Miami Heat, Lamar Odom. Yeah, Lamar's number one. Lamar, my all-time favorite one-year heat guy. He was, he resurrected his career. Then they trade him to the Lakers in the Shaq deal, plays the rep, most of the rest of his career with the Lakers, Wins a couple championships. Love Lamar Odom. He's obviously had his issues off the court. I wish him best. Huge Lamar Odom fan. So for me, top three all-time one-year Miami Heat guys in honor of P.J. Tucker making his return tonight to Miami Dade Arena. Top three all-time guys. Number three, Rex Chapman. Number two, P.J. Tucker. Number one, Lamar Odom. That's the list. That's the list. So if you want, you can go on Twitter as well there, and you could, uh, you know, give your top three, top five, whatever have you. But I'm, I'm looking forward to PJ getting a nice ovation tonight. He deserves it. Yeah, and he, he's missed. He's missed. There's no way around it. And he spoke yesterday to the media about it, how he, he wanted to stay. The, the one thing that I, th- so there's a couple things. Number one, I don't, I don't bemoan the Heat not willing to give him three years. Although it says that the Heat went as high as three years, $26.5 million. He got three years, $33 million from Philly. He got the full mid-level exception. The Heat did not want to give him the full mid-level exception. They wanted to be able to keep Caleb Martin also, which they did. They gave him part of that mid-level exception. They also didn't want to be hard-capped, so you understand that, so they could make more moves. And PJ was saying all this. Like, I totally understand their point of view. I wouldn't have given PJ the three years. He's going to be 40 years old by that third year, and... He couldn't make it to the end of last season. So it's hard to make that kind of decision, but I totally understood them letting him go. The part that I did think was interesting coming from PJ when he spoke yesterday was he thinks the Heat were a little bit uncomfortable with how quick everything went. Remember, Philly signed... We were hearing that Philly was going to sign him for a full three years the entire like two, three weeks leading up to free agency. So you want to talk about tampering? I mean, where's Philly's punishment? Maybe they were punished. I don't know. I don't remember. But, I mean, we're getting punished for Kyle Lowry. Give me a break. He signed that deal officially with Philly like five minutes after free agency opened. And he was saying he thinks the Heat were a little uncomfortable with how quick things developed. Because remember, at the time, the Heat were waiting on the Durant stuff. They They were in kind of a holding pattern. That, whether you think it was the right move or not, that turned out to be a mistake, of course. But I thought that was interesting that, yeah, he, he wanted to jump on it right away and get the full three years that he was looking for. And the Heat, as you could probably understand, weren't ready to commit just five minutes into free agency. I thought that part was interesting, and like I'm fine with the way the Heat handled that. You want to keep them, but the circumstances just weren't right. Go vote at Zaslow's show. Who would you rather have right now, Goran Dragic or Kyle Lowry? Tonight, P.J. Tucker returns the start of a huge five-game homestand for your favorite little basketball team. But last night, 
the Florida Panthers, and I did not feel good about it. Yesterday's poll question, you know, what's your confidence level in the Panthers going into Tampa Bay and coming out with two points? Me and like 85% of the Zaslow Show fans, Zaslow Show 2.0 fans who voted, were not confident because Tampa Bay owns us. Well, the Panthers scored three goals in the first period, and the closest that Tampa gets was one goal that they score in the second, and the Panthers went 4-1 yesterday. A huge two points for the Panthers. All right, before we get Jessica Blaylock on the show here, and we're going to talk about the Panthers, just a huge win. Got great news. We got a new sponsor. Yes! Yes, we got a new sponsor on Zaslow Show 2.0. I told you guys, we're looking to add a couple more sponsors now that we're into March. If you're interested, if you got a small business, local, that's what I want, local, all right? If you got a small business, local, not to say that I'm not okay with, uh, you know, bigger businesses, but local. Come on, I love you guys, South Florida. So if you're interested, you want to get on board, you go to Ad Zaslow Show on Twitter, you'll see in my bio, you got my info there, but I could just tell you, JonathanZaslow at gmail.com. That's for business inquiries. That's for advertising. So you can hit me up if you think that maybe we're a match. We'll see if it could work out. But everybody, let's welcome aboard Broward Meat and Fish. That's right. Broward Meat and Fish. Let me tell you about our newest sponsor, okay? Broward Meat and Fish. If you love good food, you're in for a treat, all right? I was so impressed when I went last week. We all want the best quality when we're prepping our next meal, right? Broward Meat and Fish. Your one stop for fresh meat, seafood, produce, and offering a complete selection, groceries, frozen foods, freshly prepared hot food, deli meats and cheeses. They're going to make you your sub. So much more. That's right. I was at Broward Meat meat and Fish with my guy Juan. He was repping Johnny Cuba, of course. We were there last week. I had no idea I was walking into a massive supermarket. Broward Meat and Fish. That's right. That's what we're talking about. I can get everything I need. Plus, the butchers, you got fishmongers, their full-service meat and seafood counters are preparing your selection exactly as you want it. You're going to get the perfect cut, freshest flavor and quality. Here's also what I love about Broward Meat and Fish. They've specialized in serving the Caribbean and Latin community in South Florida for almost 30 years. So you know they care about what we got going on here. Broward Meat and Fish offers all the products that remind us all where we come from. The shelves are stocked with international brands, including Jamaica, Haiti, Mexico, Brazil, Colombia, Argentina, Peru. You're getting the flavor you love at Broward Meat and Fish. Go to BrowardMeatAndFish.com. Find the location nearest you. I got one right here in Pembroke Pines, very close to me. But this includes the newest location in Margate. Grand opening this Saturday. It's going to be a party from 10A to 4P. All kinds of food, drinks, live music. I'm going to be there with Johnny Cuba. We're going to have some giveaways. They're going to be raffling stuff as well. Grand opening this Saturday. Broward Meat and Fish Plus. New Margate location. Love having them on board. Let's give it up. Let's give it up for Broward Meat and Fish. Newest sponsor to jump aboard. Zaslow Show 2.0. I'm telling you, you're going to be stunned. You'll walk in there. It's, it's, not, it's not just a butcher shop. It's a full-on supermarket. Broward Meat and Fish. Love having them aboard the program. Everybody knows all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 are brought to us by our beer of choice. Johnny Cuba, official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0. Got a lot of fun stuff coming from Johnny Cuba as well. We'll be telling you about European roots of the Caribbean soul. Start your evening. Maybe tonight you want to kick back. You'll watch the heat with a refreshing German lager in a can. 
pick up a six-pack of Johnny at your local Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco y Moss. Now, you always got to drink responsibly. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Joining us here is our friend Jessica Blaylock, Bally Sports, fresh off uh, one of the better wins for the Panthers last night. I did a poll yesterday, Jessica. Zaslow Show 2.0 poll, very controversial. What was the Panther fans' confidence level going into Tampa and getting two points? And me and the grand majority of the, the, the voters were not confident. I did not feel good going into that game last night, especially no Barkov, no Sam Bennett again. Yeah. And, and really, for the most part, really for the first, uh, certainly the first period, the Panthers dominated that game. Well, and oh, by the way, factor in how good Tampa is at home. Uh, I looked at their home record yesterday and it's 22, four and three. So you talk about, you know, a challenge walking into that game. Like you mentioned, not only being without Alexander Barkov and Sam Bennett, but you're also going in, you're, you're playing a super tough team in a super tough environment. Um, and really the start of that game for the first, I would say three minutes or so, it was really Tampa who was kind of dominating and, and putting a ton of pressure on the Panthers. And then, you know, from that point on, the Panthers really took control of the game, just, just completely took over the game and never really looked back after that and give a lot of credit to, that stall line, you know, Eric Stahl, Ryan Lomberg, Nick Cousins, they have just been so good. Um, and so, you know, once Stahl gets that first one and then Anton Lundell gets one and Etuo Sarainen, and then we thought even in the final seconds of that first period that they had scored on the power play and it was the 4 nothing lead, uh, despite that one getting wiped off the board, give the Panthers a ton, a ton of credit for the way that they were really able to take over that game um, especially being down a couple centers and, and really just everybody doing their part um, in order to, to get a very, very critical, very, very much needed two points in Tampa. How about the coaches too? three for three challenges last night yeah. from both coaches? You know, I understand usually when the coach challenges an offside, which was the first one that Paul Morty's challenged. If they're, ch- I feel like when, when the referees say coaches challenge that the play was offside, I feel like those are normally going to be one because yeah. if you're challenging the offside, like that's not a judgment call. That's it's either right. offside or it's not offside. But the other two, the goalie interferences, you never really know. That's that's very subjective. Right. And both teams, uh, I, I thought were both no-brainer goalie interferences. That was wild. Well, and what's so crazy is, you know, not so much, I think, uh, when John Cooper challenged the the Forsland goal for goalie interference, because you're still at a pretty early point in the game and uh, the period's coming to an end. And, you know, it's it's definitely worth a challenge. But for Paul Maurice to have the guts, I'll say it that way, to challenge that goalie interference, because you think about it at that point. If that goal ends up standing, not only is it now a one goal game, but the Lightning are going back on the power play. And we know that they have one of the top power plays in the NHL. So to be able to have the, the, the courage to challenge for goalie interference at that point in the game, knowing that if you don't win that challenge, that can completely possibly flip the entire complexion of where the game is at that point. Um, it was a great challenge and I am, 
I'm so glad that it went in favor of the Panthers. And by the way, I, I did legitimately think it was goalie inter- yeah. interference. But how many times do we see those calls not go in yeah, favor you don't know. of the Florida Panthers? So I, I think Ed Jovanovsky and I were just, we were looking at each other and we were just keeping our fingers crossed. And we were like, okay, please, please, please let this be called the way that it should be called. And sure enough, it was, ends up being a critical moment in the game. That goal gets taken off the board. Uh, and then we we saw, you know, the way the rest of the third period played out. Um, so I, I think the only thing that, that, you know, you need to clean up from last night is obviously the number of penalties that they took. These these high stick penalties, these, you know, just it, it's it's really the, the penalties that can, can kind of kill the momentum. in well, so, game. Let me, so let me ask you about this, because I wonder if you've ever talked to Jovo about this. So the Panthers are super undisciplined this year, right? Like that's what people say. They take so many penalties. The third period, including the final like two and a half minutes where they pulled the goalie for the extra skater, the Panthers were at the man disadvantage for half the yeah. third period, okay? Yeah. So I wonder, like, how how do you make a team disciplined? Okay, all oh, this right. other team, they're very undisciplined. Like, what does the coach have to do? Does he, like, do you have to say, hey, don't take penalties? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, how do you make a team disciplined or undisciplined? Right. And I'm sure that that is a conversation that has been had multiple times between the coaching staff and the players this season. But, you know, it's it's tough because I I've obviously never been out on the ice and, and I don't know what it's like when you're getting caught up and trying to make a play or, you know, the intensity, especially of that game last night. I mean, we saw on full display, especially from that second period on why this rivalry is so intense and why this rivalry is so heated. And you think about it, you know, in the midst of, of trying to make a play, it seems so easy to say, okay, just keep control of your stick, right? Okay, don't, you know, trip somebody by by sticking your stick too far in, into into the play or whatever it is. It, it, you say those things and they seem so obvious and so so easy to say, but then in, in the moment, how difficult really is it to not maybe get caught up in the play or to not maybe – uh, try and, and do a little bit too much uh, and, and take an offensive zone penalty or whatever it is. So I, I don't know if I have the perfect answer to that. I, I think really at the end of the day, though, it's just being more aware, if nothing else, of, of controlling your stick um, or, or just making the smart. Guys always talk about it. Make the simple play make the smart, simple play. So I don't know if maybe it's, it's just a matter of, of, of making a, a more simple play, making a smarter play, uh, not trying to do too much, kind of all those cliches we always talk about across the board in every sport. But either way, these games where the Panthers take a lead and really are playing such dominant hockey, the only way that they potentially in any way, shape, or form let a game like that get away is by taking penalties. You know, so that's really, I think, the only thing, especially down the stretch, there just has to be a little bit more awareness of of playing smart, disciplined hockey, because these games are all so important. You don't want self-inflicted wounds. What do we know about Barkov? Is there a chance he plays tomorrow? You know, I... I don't Bennett, think Bennett so. two for that matter. I, I, Bennett two. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a, a better chance of, of Bennett coming back. Okay. And I honestly, I don't know. This is not me speculating. This is this is more just speak for the team. Speak for the back. team. <laughs> hey, there's nothing I like more than uh, wild speculation, right? No, but but I mean, I'm just I'm just thinking of it from from a logical perspective. 
Buffalo, Tampa, you know, Nashville coming up, Pittsburgh, which is a potential four-point swing. The only thing that I can think of is that Barkov's injury must must be worse than what we initially thought it was because I can't think of any other reason that he wouldn't be playing in those games. Barkov is the ultimate competitor. Um, he's your captain. I know he wants to be out there. So not that they're ever going to give away injury information, and understandably so, but I just think that the only way that he's he's not out there is if he really genuinely can't be. There's no other reason that's going to keep your captain not on the ice for these critical games unless he legitimately cannot go. Um, so, you know, hopefully he comes back soon uh, and hopefully Bennett comes back soon because Bennett is a, a super important player as well, just as far as that sandpaper mentality and a, a similar guy to Kachuk in that he's not going to let any shenanigans fly out on the ice, plays with that physicality, uh, plays with that, you know, that tough mentality. So um, hopefully, you know, two important guys, hopefully you get them back sooner rather than later. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So we look at the wild card standings here. It's essentially six teams, seven teams fighting for I two spots. Ottawa, I don't think yeah. Ottawa was done yet. I, yeah. Well, yeah. What? Washington, Pittsburgh. Islanders, Buffalo, Panthers, Detroit, Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, seven. Have, I described it last night. Literally, it is a traffic jam around the wild card spots. And whew, it is going to be, buckle up your seatbelt, folks, because it is going to be a wild ride down this final stretch. It seems like we're actually closer to the Islanders, even though the Islanders are four points ahead of us than Pittsburgh was three points. Yeah, I think they have the Panthers have two, two games in hand yes, on the yeah. Islanders while Pittsburgh has two games in hand on us. And Buffalo, for that matter, has three games in hand on us, even though we're tied in points. So, yes, seven teams fight for two spots. And it's like, I feel like all 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 those teams there, compared to a team like Carolina, who's first in the Metro, the Rangers are third in the Metro, Toronto's second in the Atlantic. Like, the Panthers 
are fighting for one of those wild card spots. And you have those other teams that I just mentioned who are all gearing up before Friday's trade deadline. And they're like adding top pieces. Yeah, well, and that that's what makes it so difficult, honestly, around this trade deadline is because this year in the league is so incredibly defined by parity. Whereas last year by the All-Star break, we essentially knew the teams that were going to be in the playoffs, they were basically just playing down the final stretch for positioning, right? Whereas this year, there are so many teams that are a lot better. And it it has made it really, really difficult night in and night out, you know, to get two points. And even against Columbus just beat what Columbus just beat Buffalo the other night. Uh, you know, the, Anaheim recently bit, uh, beat Pittsburgh. I think like even teams that are at the bottom of the league, it is not an easy, it's not an easy matchup, you know, just every night again, I know it sounds so cliche to say, Hey, anybody can beat you on any given night, but honestly in the NHL this season, it seems like that has legitimately been the case where um, just even, even the, the, the quote unquote worst teams in the league are going to give you a battle. And especially down this stretch, Yes, you have a ton of teams who are playing for playoff spots. You have a ton of teams who are out of it, but guys are playing for their job. They're playing for contracts. They're playing for proving themselves. Uh, you know, so it really gets to the point of, of, of this part of the season where every night your back is up against the wall. And I just asked Paul Maurice about that the other day, you know, kind of, how you coach these games, balancing that there's a ton of pressure on them every night, but also do you not want to put too much pressure on it? And now you're making guys play out of structure, out of system. And he said, honestly, I, I want guys to feel pressure. This is like the Panthers have essentially been playing playoff games yeah. for months now, which will and help them if they, if they make the playoffs, it'll help. It will absolutely help them big picture in the long run to know what this type of pressure feels like game in and game out. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's the tough part is, is just getting back to, to what you originally pointed out, the number of teams that are playing for only two yeah. wild card spots, only two wild card spots. So you're going to have five teams who legitimately had a shot to be a playoff team miss the playoffs. Yeah. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough finish for a lot of teams if they don't find a way to sneak in. I know the Lightning set the record like five years ago, and then it was Bobrovsky and the Blue Jackets who beat, who swept them out of the first round. Yeah. But Boston's 47, 8, and 5. It's are, insane. Are, like, are they – I don't know what the number is. I don't remember. But are they going to smash the all-time wins record, yeah, all-time points record? They might. It's absolutely insane what they're doing. And I, you know, at the beginning of the season, I always feel like the one thing that people always say about the Bruins is that they're just getting too old. You know, look at how long Brad Marchand has been in the league. Look at how long Patrice Bergeron has been in the league. It doesn't matter. They are still getting it done. And, and they do. They have such a balanced team. They have four great lines. Um, you know, they've, they've got great blue liners. And, and ultimately, they're goaltending whether it's Lena Solmark, whether it's Jeremy Swayman, they have been phenomenal. And they have just all played so cohesively uh, as a unit. Um, Panthers have beaten them, what, twice this year, right? Yes. I think Panthers and I want to say Ottawa. 
I think are the only two teams that have beaten them twice this season. Um, Panthers for sure. Ottawa, I think may have beaten them once in regulation and then maybe beaten them once in overtime. Because but I mean, the Panthers, like uh, they met, that may be a first round matchup, you know, the Panthers. No, I know. Shooting. I know. I know. And that's, uh, that's what is so nuts is I'm not even kidding. If the Panthers find a way to sneak into a wild card spot, I could see potentially anything happening in that series against Boston. Like all bets are, you know, off the table. Uh, anything could happen once you get in. So, um, it, it, yeah, and that again, that's what's going to be crazy, right? Is that in the first round, you're going to have legitimately great teams get bounced from the playoffs. Yeah, that like Tampa, Tampa and Toronto, they are bound to meet in that first round because nobody's catching those top three Atlantic Division spots. So we are going to have a rematch of Tampa and Toronto. Who look at what Toronto's done in you know with their trades with picking up Ryan O'Reilly the pieces that they've added that is going to be I think an epic first round showdown so it really is crazy all of the potential conversations that we can have about what teams are going to make it in the wild card spots what teams are going to potentially get bounced in the first round because there's going to be some really good teams that are going home after that first week. You know, without without getting into Marlon stuff right now, because I don't want to do that right now. But uh, I, I I said earlier in the show today, Major League Baseball has, and of course Jessica's on on the coverage Bally Sports Florida with the Marlins all throughout the year. I feel like Major League Baseball has a really interesting buzz around it right now because of these rule changes and the clock. And there seems to be a lot of quirky stuff going on in Major League Baseball right now in spring training that I think has a really interesting buzz around it. Yeah, I would like to list that I'm in a relationship with the new pitch clock because I am in love with it. Uh, this is going to be a game changer. Have you seen the average times now? of? Spring yeah, it's like, it's like 30 minutes less, right? It is crazy the difference that the pitch clock is going to make. And I know that we're all going to have to kind of adjust because – it, like hitters. I mean, look at Manny Machado stepping into the box for his first plate appearance and he gets, he gets rung up on that. that He's going to learn. He's going to learn. Ball. Right. Because you're just not used to the game moving this quickly. So I think it's going to be a good thing. I think it's going to bring fans back in. I think it's going to give a much better flow to the game. Things are going to be moving, but I think we all in a way are going to have our own personal adjustments to make that even though this is a good thing to pick up the pace of play, because it's one thing that people have just complained about for so many years now. Um, it, it's going to be, I think, I think a little bit more of an adjustment for all of us than we realize right now. I like it though. I like it. I, I, I think I like it's it fun. I like it too. I yeah. like it too. It's a game changer. Jess, are we going to see you tomorrow night? When are you up next with the Panthers? Yes. Yes. So I am working uh, the next three games, uh, the game against Nashville tomorrow night, the game against Pittsburgh, and then I'm working the game against the Vegas Golden Knights next week. Um, so, yeah, every single one of these games is going to be. Yeah, this is the no joke homestand is what this is. Uh, you know, I, I like to joke around uh, just games that end up taking years off of my life uh, because of how intense my heart rate is the entire time. But either way. These are the type of games that you not only need to learn how to play in, you need to learn how to win and have success in if you're ever going to have long-term postseason success. So uh, either way, yes, I will be on the desk tomorrow with Jeff Chikrin for that 
for that puck drop against the Nashville Predators. Now that game against Vegas that you mentioned is on Tuesday next week. A week from tonight is Greta Van Fleet at Hard Rock Live. Are you going to see Greta Van Fleet? I Okay, so I'm actually super bummed about this because you and I, we love to talk about- I'm going. Love to talk about shows. I just went and saw Rod Stewart on Valentine's Day by myself uh-huh. at an awesome time. Um, so Greta Van Fleet was obviously circled on my calendar. Um, I can't go because I'm going out of town and I'm leaving that day. I'm taking a little mini vacation before baseball gears up, while I've got a weekend off of hockey, like just before life gets crazy again with the two overlapping. And I'm I'm flying out on March 8th, so I can't go and see Greta Van Fleet. And I'm actually legitimately bummed about it. I'm looking forward. I'm very much looking forward Maybe to it. Maybe you can live stream the concert for me. <laughs> I'll do a short I'll do a short little video of one of their songs because I'm not one of those guys. I don't I don't hold the phone out and record yeah, all that. Yeah. I take a couple okay. pictures at the beginning of a show. And yeah, I got to put it out on the gram because I'm an influencer. And then, and then I put the phone away. All right. I don't know. I I love that. I'm with you. I, I, I go into concerts now and I'm like, you know what? I don't like, I'm going to miss the show if I'm on my phone the whole time. So I pick out one or two songs that I really love. And that's it. Video of those so that I can remember the show. And then I just focus in on the music. So if I can make a request for Greta Van Fleet, let's go. My favorite, favorite Greta Van Fleet song is Flower Power. Okay. I love, love, love Flower Power. Uh, and you can't go wrong with Safari Song. Yes. So either one of those, if you don't mind taking a, a little snippet okay. for me, then I would very much appreciate it. Thank I will you. do that. I will do that. Jessica, <laughs> excellent job as always. Uh, hopefully these are all huge games down the stretch for the Panthers. That means something right to the very end. Yes. Uh, of Let's course, we'll go. be watching you tomorrow night. Uh, great job, Jess. Thanks as always. All right, appreciate it. Thanks, Aslo. Excellent job there, of course, by Jessica. I'm I'm very pumped with that Panther win last night. Unexpected. Did not expect it. I like I said to her, that's some major league baseball stuff where there's a really cool buzz, the pitch clock, all that stuff. I got some questions that I need answered. Jesse Agler, radio voice of the San Diego Padres. He's a UM guy, former old old school Miami radio guy. He'll join us. He'll make his debut on Zaslow Show 2.0 coming up in a few minutes here. Also, you already heard, new sponsor on the show, Broward Meat and Fish. Grand opening, new Margate location this Saturday. I will be there. We got some giveaways. Broward Meat and Fish going to be doing raffles. There's going to be live music. There's food. There's drinks. I'm going to be out there repping Johnny Cuba, but so proud to have Broward Meat and Fish on board now. Newest sponsor on Zaslow Show 2.0. So you'll come hang out. The new Margate location on Saturday, 10A to 4P. I got a fun announcement to make as well. So how about this? All right. Tomorrow. I will be in studio with the Lebatard Show. That's right. We're going to do the local hour. I'm going to be in with those guys. We'll talk some heat basketball. I don't know what else is going to be planned. I can't tell the future. But tomorrow, you make sure that you watch on YouTube, Metal Arc Media, Dan Lebatard Show with Stu Gotts. I will be in studio with those guys tomorrow. I'm very excited about that. Totally looking forward to seeing all of those guys. Haven't seen them in a little while. So make sure you listen to that. You check that out. That's going to be good times, of course. So I told you guys, I, I, I think Major League Baseball has got a really interesting buzz around it right now for a sport that a lot of us have stopped paying attention to over the last few years. 
I'm very interested right now in what's going on. And our pal, of course, everybody knows Jesse Agler, one of the voices of the San Diego Padres. Love having you on Zaslow Show 2.0 for the first time. How you doing? You all right? You're out there in Arizona, Cactus League style? Yeah, man. Spring training time. Uh, it's good to see you, Zaz. Good to talk to you. That's uh, It's a lot of fun out here, obviously. It's it's very easy to be a Padre fan right now, yeah. um, which was not really the case for most of the first, you know, 50-whatever years in the history of this franchise. It's really unbelievable. So would you agree with me that there's like, there's a different kind of buzz surrounding Major League Baseball right now, right? I mean, today's the first day of March, and, you know, we're still several weeks away from, from the regular season getting going. And, like, I feel people are talking about what's going on. Yeah, I think, you know, Major League Baseball has learned a lesson in the last couple of years that the NFL learned a long time ago. And that is people not only talking about your sport, but arguing about your sport is very good for business. Um, you know, I think MLB was kind of afraid of its own shadow for a long time. I think they operated in a way in which, you know, they were so concerned about offending their what they thought was their core fan base, this older fan base that didn't want change, didn't want anything different than the way they thought it had been for the last 50 years. And I think they finally realized, like, hey, those people aren't going anywhere. We're not going to offend them to the point that they're not going to come back. But we do have an opportunity to bring some more people into the fold, which, of course, is the point of the whole thing. And so the pitch clock, I think, is is the big example of all of that. Um, but the conversation around the pitch clock, as much as the pitch clock itself, I think are really helping to drive interest right now. Okay, so for folks who aren't 100% aware yet of what's going on, we got, what, a 20-second pitch clock, at which the, the pitcher needs to obviously deliver the pitch before the end of the clock, and the batter needs to be, and we learned, we learned this lesson a few days ago, the batter needs to be looking at the pitcher by eight seconds. Am I right about this? You got it mostly right. So with nobody on base, it's only 15 seconds. Um, and then with guys on base, it's 20 seconds. And then, yeah, the batter has to be alert is the word they're using uh, to the pitcher with eight seconds on it. Um, we have had, I think, five games out here at this point right now. Only two of them have gone over three hours. Um, and they both should have gone over three hours. They were long offensive games, but games that probably would have taken close to four hours a year ago. Um, we've already basically averaged, I think, two and a half hours the other three games. I mean, this is a massive, massive change. But it's not just that the game is shorter. It's that what they've taken out is all the dead time. You're not losing any baseball. You're not losing it. You're actually gaining some more action, it seems, early on. It does seem like there are more balls in play. We'll see if that continues. But, like, you're just cutting out all this dead time. That pitcher who doesn't want to throw is walking around the mound, who's shaking off the catcher a thousand times. You can't do that anymore. It's get it and go. And it kind of looks like baseball looked when you and I were yeah. growing up. I mean, if they average 230-something, you're going to have to go back to the 70s for the last time that baseball was played at that pace. Is there Now, it's only spring training, and it's only been like a week now. Is there any reason to believe that the games aren't going to be uh, – you, you know, I mean, I, I think I saw three hours, nine minutes was the average time last year. And after the first few days of spring training this year, it was something like two hours, 33 minutes. Is there any reason to believe that that's not going to stick? I, I don't know that it'll be that extreme in the regular season, but I have no question in my mind they're going to cut off at least 10 or 15 minutes. And again, you know, I, I think getting even hung up on the time of game isn't necessarily the way to do it. It's more the action. way that it looks and, and the pace and the action, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I think people would be generally fine with 245 if it was like an engaging 245. The problem was last year, you know, I mean, we play games. There were three to two games that would take three and a half hours. Like there's not enough happening in a three, two game for it to take that long. Like those are the ones that to me as a broadcaster and a fan, like really need to be addressed. 
Um, so I think they've done that and, and maybe more. Right, look, if, if it does end up being an average of like 240 or something like oh that, that is God. a huge change. And look, you you got kids. I got kids. Like if you're trying to you know go down to Marlins Park, right, from from Broward or something or from Palm Beach County, that's you're, you're talking about maybe an hour in the car to get down there. If you were talking about a three and a half hour game and then 45 minutes to get home afterwards, there's no way you're staying the whole time. There's no way. And now you have an opportunity to actually be there in the ninth inning and see the game kind of come to a conclusion. I mean, Marlins game start, home game start at 640. So you're telling me if there's a chance uh, that that game could be over and done with at 920, that it would be, be nine o'clock. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Now, what's what's going to be the big or what has been maybe so far the biggest adjustment for you? Have, have you like it's moving faster now and there's yeah, a yeah. clock. So like, have you gotten confused? What's been the big adjustment? So I think the the first game, maybe we were in our heads about it. Like we knew it was going to be really different. And so I, I work with Tony Gwynn Jr. He's my partner and my analyst on, on Padres Radio most of the time. And um, we were both like, we were kind of frantic. It was like, oh man, this is a huge adjustment. And that game was super, super quick. But it was, I, I think, more in our own heads than it was like the reality of the situation. The other games that we've done since then have felt normal. It just feels like, it. that's the word, it feels normal. It just feels like a normal baseball game as opposed to one of these games where you're trying to drag out everything you're saying because you're just trying to fill time on the air yeah. and kind of you know fill in the gaps of the nothingness. Like most of that is gone now. Like in the last couple of days, I think we've still had plenty of time to have the conversations that we want to have. Granted, that's easier during spring training because the action is kind of secondary. But like it's it's just felt like good, normal baseball. I, I, I can't tell you how impactful it's been and how enjoyable it's been. Now, we saw a few days ago there was a game where the game ended in a tie at spring training, but it ended on a called strike three because the batter was not looking at the pitcher. I have a hard time believing we're ever going to see that in the regular season because I think uh, the batters are going to be aware. Of, like we got a full month of spring training to get used to this. But, like, can you see that happening one day where a game actually ends on uh, on the umpire handing a ball, maybe it's bases loaded, or a strike three? It can happen. You know, I mean, Major League Baseball, one of the things they've been very clear about is that there is going to be no wiggle room on these rules. So if some guy is not ready, it's going to happen. Now, And is me, it an automatic great. ejection like when the manager arguing a ball and strike? Yeah. So you can't argue about it. You know, it's not reviewable. The pitch timer stuff's not reviewable. I think this is the only way you're going to make it work is if you're strict about it. Um, so look, if if that pitcher isn't ready, if that hitter isn't ready, that's on them. That's not on the rules. That's not on MLB. That's on that guy for not being aware of the moment. Now, look, obviously if it happens in the fourth inning with two outs and nobody on base. It's an automatic ball, much less big of a deal. But you're right. Like if there's some closer and closers, a lot of them very slow, by the way, generally. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to adjust. So early on in the season, if Kenley Jansen Braves, you know, is up there and he kind of loses track of it and something happens. I mean, yeah, it could happen. I would think the odds of it aren't great just because I do think guys are going to be hyper aware, you know, especially in late inning situations. But if it slips some guy's mind or whatever, like it could definitely happen. And people are going to be up in arms if it does. I know that. But like things happen like that in sports all the time. There's a free throw to win a game after a dicey foul call in hoops, right? There's a penalty in football, untimed down. Now all of a sudden you get this free play. Like stuff happens in sports because of rules. Baseball has kind of been away from that for so long. And now it almost feels like they're joining, you know, the rest of the sports world. How about with the shift? Are we going to get more balls in play, more singles through the infield? Um, I, so far, yes. I mean, in spring training, like there's no question in my mind. I'll tell you what, too, is like a really like big baseball fan. There is something so satisfying to me all of a sudden of like just like a normal ground ball up the middle. That goes I want guys center. running the bases. I want them going first yeah. and third, you know? 
No, you have it exactly right. And that's, look, that's what MLB has been talking about all along. They said, we want more doubles. We want more triples. We want more stolen bases. And they didn't say that because they just wanted it. They said it because they did all these focus groups. They did all these surveys. And it's not rocket science, but that's this kind of stuff that, that fans want to see. You know, the walks and the strikeouts, that doesn't do it for most people. And so, yes, they want more balls in play. They want more balls that are in play getting through. The other thing is, you know, not just the hits. Now, all of a sudden, you're rewarding athleticism defensively. Um, you know, your second baseman isn't just going to be standing at the exact right spot because he's got two other infielders right next to him. He's going to actually have to range, dive, make a play a little bit more often. We've seen more of that in the last few days at spring training. Those things are fun. Those things are exciting. Those are the kinds of things that make you lean forward when you're watching the game and be invested in the moment. Baseball had lost a lot of that. Now, how about the pickoffs? This is so interesting to me. So you could only throw twice to yeah. first base to pick off a guy. What happens after he doesn't get him the second time is the runner just hanging out in between first and second base and no one can try and pick him off. Well, you can throw over a third time, but if you don't get the guy out, it's a balk. So that discourages theoretically the 45 foot lead because, all right, let's throw over and try and get him in a rundown. It's worth the risk. Well, um, what I've noticed early on two things in these spring training games and teams are probably not fully showing their hands yet in terms of how they want to strategize this. But two things I'm noticing. One, you're going to see catchers backpicking a lot more than we've seen the last few years. There's no limit days. to that. They could do that. Correct. Okay. Correct. So that doesn't count. Um, so you're going to see the good catchers, at least, you know, throwing down to first, to second, and to third um, to at least keep guys honest. The other thing is we're not really seeing pitchers using that second step off or that second throw over. They're doing the one, maybe, during the course of a plate appearance. And it resets, by the way, every plate appearance. But they're not really getting to that second one, so they kind of have it in their back pocket. Now, if you got like a Trey Turner, an elite base stealer on first, and you kind of feel like this is a situation where he might go, you know, obviously the calculus changes a little bit there strategy-wise. But, um, yeah, so far in spring training, I, I think only once in like the four games I've broadcast have I actually seen a pitcher use both disengagements, they're calling them, uh, to check on a runner. Is Is all of this – I love it all. Is all of this – too much at once no i don't think so i mean because it all connects is the other thing you know sometimes tangentially sometimes directly um and again i think what i said at the beginning about mlb for so many years being afraid of upsetting the traditionalists you know i, I think it's it's easier to sort of rip the band-aid off like all right if we're going to make some big game-changing decisions here in terms of the rules let's not trickle them in let's not do the bigger bases this year and the the shift restrictions next year and the other thing the year after that i'll tell you what if they thought the technology was ready they would do automatic balls and strikes robot umps this year i think they just feel like they're probably a year away from tweaking it enough to get it done but that's coming too like make no mistake um, that'll be here if not next year probably the year after um, technology only moves in one direction it doesn't get dumber and, and they're going to have that figured out, you know, as close as they can to, to what they want it to look like. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's too much of it. I also I just have a really, really hard time right now taking anybody seriously who's mad about this. Like what what, what are you looking for? You it's want so more time of the guy stepping out of the box and tapping his bat on the ground and fixing his batting gloves like that's not compelling television. That's not compelling when you're at the game. and It's not compelling radio, certainly when you're describing what's happening. So right now you're just getting less of the nothing. And more of the something. <laughs> That's, That's a great. good way of putting it. Is there any reason that people are not happy or players maybe are not happy with the bases being bigger? What's the drawback of bases being bigger? No, there's no drawback. The players really like that one. You know, for one, a safety thing. 
Um, you know, those, those bang, bang plays at first base, man. If you got one guy's a size 12 and one guy's a size 14, you know, I mean, that's that's not a lot of space on those bases. And you have, they, cons- have they considered the extra bag like in softball for first base? I, you know, it's funny because I used to bring that up all the time. Um, because, you know, the weird thing, not to get too like technical baseball stuff, but like you got to be in that runner's lane. Right. But then the runner's lane is in foul territory, but the bags in fair territory. So I used to always say, put the stupid softball base in, <laughs> in foul ground for the runner to hit. This kind of gets you that direction, I guess, without the double bag. Um, but yeah, no, it'll give them a little bit more space there. It also does cut down the distance between the bases a little bit. So maybe you get a couple extra stolen bases in there, that kind of thing. Maybe you get a little bit more aggressiveness on the bases, that kind of thing. But that was the one rule change that the Players Association at the start was like, yeah, we're all in on that. We like that. And the other thing to remember, too, is all of this stuff has been experimented with endlessly in the minor leagues the last couple of years. So, so many of the players are already familiar with this kind of stuff. You know, obviously you got your veterans who haven't played minor league baseball in a long time. It's new to them, but that's not the majority of players in MLB. So a lot of guys are very, very comfortable with all this stuff already. I like it. I'm, look, it's March 1, and I'm super intrigued by what's going on with Major League Baseball. I'm, I'm very into it. And for someone who's been down on the Marlins, obviously, the last couple of years, because, you know, new owner is the same as the old owner, um, I'll be more interested in watching these games if they're – moving quicker and there's more action going on i don't i don't see any drawback I, I mean look man the thing that baseball has always had going for it is you know middle of the summer nothing else happening yeah. and you know that game comes on at 6 40 or you're in your car rush hour you know it's it's a joy it really is it's a wonderful wonderful sport it just got a little bit too far i think away from like mainstream ability to be locked into it um and again People like me who've loved this game dearly for their entire lives, I was already watching. But I, I do think you're going to make it a lot easier for families in particular, for younger kids in particular, to be interested in this game. It's a wonderful sport. Like, everybody loves baseball when they're little, right? Like, yeah. you know, and, and some people kind of grow out of that, I think, or did grow out of it, because MLB became a difficult product, I, I think, to watch at times. Obviously, the market-to-market stuff with the Marlins, that's another issue. But um, I, I still think there's something nice about August 2nd, and, you know, you're like, hey, what else am I going to do? Like flip on the game. And, and and I think more people will do that now. I think people would be shocked. People who are maybe even a little bit older than us that, you know, you go put on a game from back in the 80s, maybe even the 90s. And the pace was yeah. this, but without the clock. This exactly. And like. that's the thing. This is this is a restoration. That's all this is. This is a restoration to uh, to better days gone by. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, excellent job real quick. Are you pumped about Kane's basketball? You're a UM alum. Are you keeping track? I am keeping track of basketball. It's funny. Uh, the, one of the guys who works here is a big NC State guy. So we were just talking ACC hoops out here in Phoenix uh, on March 1st. Um, you know, last year, that run to the Elite Eight was really exciting. What would I like? Because, like, I still think of it as a football school, despite the lack uh, of football. It's a basketball yeah. school. It's a basketball you know, school. but the, they, they're just watchable, the basketball team. Like, they're fun to watch. He's such a wonderful coach. They got cool talent. They just seem to have that program humming right now, which is really a lot of fun. And like my my bar for Kane's hoops is pretty low, and they're like so far above it. It's so enjoyable to keep track of it. And uh, no, I, I love what's going on with that. Great job, Jesse. Good catching up with you, man. We'll do it again when the Padres are in town. I appreciate it. You as well. Anytime, Zaz. Great to see you. Excellent job. Fun show today. Really good job by everybody. Make sure you're voting in the Zazlo show. 2.0 poll today. We went over that earlier, of course. We got the heat back in action tonight. Everybody knows that. Let me tell you about Doctors on Call 365. You guys know I love Doctors on Call 365 because if I'm not feeling well, I know I can get on the phone right away 
and I can get doctors on call 365 South Florida's Urgent Care that comes to you. They'll be at my home Lickety split. That's right. Lickety split. I said it. 786-577-9302. If you're not feeling well, you think maybe you got COVID, maybe you got flu, you need to get a test. Strep test? Yeah. Doctors on call 365. They're doing all of it. And they're coming to your home, your office, wherever you're at. The convenience where you get to stay in your bed because you're sick. You have a fever. No one wants to sit in the emergency room and wait for hours. And then when you're finally soon, your copay, it's going to be more than what you're going to pay out of pocket for doctors on call 365 to come to your home. Based in Broward County, serving all of Broward, Miami-Dade County, Southern Palm Beach as well. Like I said, most insurances are charging emergency room copays and fees for urgent care visits. So in the end, you're likely going to pay less for treatment in the comfort of your own home. And this way, you don't, you don't need the stress of not feeling well and getting in the car and, and waiting wherever you're going. Convenience, that's the key. Whatever you need, IV fluids, vitamin therapy, blood drawn, maybe need a prescription filled or refilled. Doctors on call 365 South Florida's urgent care that comes to you. Doctors on call 365.com. You'll get someone on the phone immediately, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No answering service. You're going to talk to a live person, and then you're going to get the doc at your home. 786-577-9302. If it's an emergency, you got to call 911. Otherwise, 786-577-9302. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Yes. Big deal or not a big deal, you know how we do it. We recap some of the big stories in the sports or just in the world. You know, I don't know. I, I can't tell what's going to happen or not. We're going to cover it all. If we don't get to it throughout the show, we're going to make sure we fit it in by the end of the show. How about this? So we got this Aaron Rodgers saga, right? It's a saga. And Packers GM Brian Gutekunst, he spoke yesterday. He spoke about Jordan Love. He was asked about Aaron Rodgers' status moving forward. You know, it's, it, it's, I'll, I'll let you listen to the clip before I continue on with my thoughts, but here's Brian Gutekunst who really for the first time publicly sounds like he's moving on. I think he's ready to play and I think he's ready to be an NFL starting quarterback. He's worked really hard. He's shown a lot of progression. Uh, I know he's really eager uh, to have that. And I think that's the next step in his progression is, is to play. So if he's telling you that Jordan Love's ready, why would he want him to be ready for another team? He selected Jordan Love in the first round. And Aaron Rodgers, you got these reports coming out of Green Bay that the Packers are sick of Aaron Rodgers, like they're disgusted with him. And here's also the thing with Aaron Rodgers. For a guy last year or a couple years ago, his big hang-up was he wants to be more involved in the process, wants to be more involved, have more of a say in what's going on. Does a guy who goes and retreats on a douchebag darkness retreat sound like a guy who's involved? And, and, and communicating with the team as far as what's next, he's a big phony Aaron Rodgers. The Packers, that's the GM for the first time speaking out loud publicly in front of microphones and cameras, making it sound like they're not sure if, they, if, if they're going to have Aaron Rodgers back. Aaron Rodgers, I think he's done in Green Bay. I think he's done. That's a big deal right there. Big deal or not a big deal. Tonight, Kevin Durant. It's going to make his long-awaited return and debut for the Phoenix Suns. He's been out, what, the last month and a half, two months with an MCL sprain. He's going to debut tonight for the Phoenix Suns as they're taking on the Charlotte Hornets. The Suns, they need him because you look at this Western Conference. The Suns are fourth right now. 
at 33 and 29. They're four back in the loss column of number three, Sacramento, and they're one up in the loss column on Golden State, who now all of a sudden is surging. So the timing is perfect for the Suns to have him debut. Kevin Durant in a Suns uniform tonight. That's a big deal. Everybody's looking forward to what that's going to look like. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Big deal or not a big deal. Last night, the Dallas Mavericks, they were at home taking on the Indiana Pacers. Score was 124-122. Pacers were up big earlier. Mavericks mount a comeback, and they had a chance at the very end to either tie or win the game. Who did the Mavericks put the ball in the hands of? Not Luka Doncic. They had him stand in the corner and watch. It was Kyrie Irving. Same time. Kyrie Irving against McConnell. Five seconds, four seconds. Step back, three. No good. And the Pacers win it. The Pacers win it. They start the road trip 2-0. I don't get it. You know, it's not Kyrie's team. Kyrie was traded there. He should be fitting in. You're not allowing... Luka Doncic is not touching the ball again on a final possession. He's spotting up in the corner, just standing there and watching. Kyrie misses at the buzzer. The Mavericks now 1-4 and four with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic playing together. They're in trouble. That's a big deal. The Mavericks now are 32-31. and 31. They have dropped to the 7th spot. They're a playing team right now. They're just one game over 500. Fact is, they're one game up. They're one game up in the loss column on Portland, who's 11th on the outside looking in. Dallas is is by no means a lock to even make the play-in. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Got a little hockey for you. The NHL trade deadline's on Friday. I'm very pumped about that Panther win last night for sure. But the Rangers yesterday traded for longtime winger for the Blackhawks, Patrick Kane. He's going to play in a different uniform besides the Blackhawks for the first time ever as the Rangers, they're loading up for the playoffs. Hurricanes made a trade, they're loading up. Maple Leafs made a trade, they're loading up. Everyone in the Eastern Conference is loading up and the Panthers are fighting for a playoff spot. The Panthers don't really have the ammunition, I don't believe. I mean, trade deadline's Friday. We'll see if the Panthers win tomorrow night against Nashville. Maybe Bill Zito will go make a move, become a big buyer before the deadline. I'm not sure the Panthers have the ammo to to, to gear up again for the playoffs like they did last year. This is a big deal. The big guns are gearing up. They're loading up. The Panthers, they're still fighting for the playoffs. So there you go. That's a big deal right there. Patrick Kane being traded to the New York Rangers. Finally, got one more here for Yass. Big deal or not a big deal. So, Kendrick Perkins. We love Big Perk. Goon time. Kendrick Perkins was critical of Nikola Jokic recently, saying he's stat-padding. Jokic responded tongue-in-cheek after his game last night. Another triple-double. Uh, Perkins, Perkins is criticism, the stat-padding of Jokic, which is crazy. But I think it's kind of in line with he doesn't like how everyone said Russell Westbrook was stat-padding when he was winning MVP and averaged a triple-double for the first time in like 40 years, 45 years since Oscar Robertson. So I think he's kind of defending Westbrook. Saying, hey, why is he stat padding, but this guy is not? Well, J.J. Redick, and you know I don't like J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick, he, he wasn't having it yesterday on first take. Do you agree with Perk on the idea that Jokic is stat padding? Love Perk. 
I, uh, I strongly disagree with this. I strong and look, I've never been Nikola Jokic's teammate. Uh, if you ask anyone that's been around him, heck, I did it on Sunday night with Michael Malone. Uh, Nikola Jokic does not care about stats, does not care about averaging a triple-double. Nikola Jokic, I hate to tell everyone, doesn't care about winning MVP. He cares about winning a championship. The idea that he's stat-padding. Coach Malone, this is how we describe the game. This is how we describe the Nikola Jokic game. He doesn't fight the game. He just makes the right play every time. He compared his basketball IQ to LeBron. This is not a guy that cares about stat padding, Perk. And the, the best argument I can make of why this is such a ludicrous statement, they're 23-0 when he has a triple-double. Going back to last year, they've won 28 games in a row when he has a triple-double. I, I, if we're going to make up narratives about players, like I know Perk is on this Joel Embiid's the MVP rant. I know he's on this thing. But, like, let's not make up a narrative about a player that is just so unbased in reality. I, I, Perk, love you, but no. So, like I said, I like goon time Kendrick Perkins, all right? But I can't side with him on this one. Like I said, I, I, I think he's more defending Westbrook and the criticism that Westbrook used to get for, for compiling these stat chase and getting those triple doubles. I don't like J.J. Redick, but he's right about this. Nikola Jokic's team is in first place. Russell Westbrook that season where he won the MVP and averaged a triple-double for the first time since Oscar Robertson. His team, they were a surprise team. Remember, I think that was the first year that Durant had left. Westbrook, uh, his team was sixth. The Thunder were sixth. Jokic's team is first. And here's the kicker. Like JJ said, they never lose when Jokic has a triple-double. They never lose when he has a triple-double. So, again, I, I, I think Perk's argument is less about Jokic compiling stats and more about why did you say this about Westbrook and you don't feel that way about Jokic. And I feel him on that. That makes sense to me. But I still I, I don't agree with the premise there. Jokic, I mean, it's, a, it's all about wins, right? They're in first place. They never lose when he gets the triple-double. He's probably going to win his third MVP in a row. He's clearly one of the all-time great players, even if he's boring. That's a big deal right there. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. So we're right smack in the middle of the week here. We're feeling good about the Panthers last night. Can the Heat? This will be very tough tonight. It's the start of a six-game homestand for Miami this evening. It's all tough teams. It starts out with Philly, who we just beat a couple nights ago. They lost the game before that to the Celtics as well. You're going to have an angry Philly team. This is a very tough game for Miami tonight. But we're going to learn. We're going to find out about this Heat team tonight. Jimmy was tired of losing. All right. It's one thing to get one win. Can we now get two straight real good wins? Can we get a Panther win last night, followed by a Heat big win tonight? And then we start the show tomorrow feeling really good. And looking forward to Panthers back at home against the Predators. I don't know. I can't predict the future. But I'm excited about this game tonight. Thanks to everybody who hung out with us today. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment. You do all that good stuff. I love you long time. Love our new sponsor, Broward Meat and Fish. This weekend, this Saturday, the new Margate location. It's open right now. Soft opening. But grand opening this weekend. Broward Meat and Fish Plus in Margate. I'll be there. I'll I'll be representing there with Johnny Cuba. We're going to have a great time from 10A to 4P. Live music, food, drinks, 
Broward Meat and Fish. Love having them on board here on Zaslow Show 2.0. Our newest sponsor. Love you long time. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies for both trailers and motorhomes. Let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry. They specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954 589 2204.